Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code Odyssey. So head to b o l l and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You hear that? Your dog knows spring is coming sooner than you think. Dog walks, dog parks, playing fetch, all the stuff your dog loves to do with you. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Mendel, and I'm joined by Josh Houts, who we will talk to in just a minute. So that makes this the Jake and Josh show. Joining us also today is the one and only Topher the Gopher. We will introduce him in a moment as well. But before we get rolling here, be sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a five-star review, and leave a comment. That stuff helps us out more than you can imagine. So it is grateful, or we would be incredibly grateful. We appreciate everything you guys do, and let us, you know, rant about the Dolphins. So so let's jump into it. Let's uh, bring in the dynamic duo here. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start in with the guest, Christopher Cochran. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Summer's wrapping up, right? It feels like uh, summer's wrapping up. Football, is, is it here? Like, what's, what, what's going to be the moment that gets us pumped up about football? After the, um, after the jazz we just dealt with with baseball, man, I, I, once we see that first kickoff i think then i am going to be you know completely set but that marlin stuff is, is a little scary to me but uh before we get really really into the uh pigskin here joshua Houts, how you doing buddy i'm doing good how are both you guys doing i'm glad we can sit here and talk about dolphins football because you know we don't know when it's going to feel like it's actually here but whether we're ready or not you know it seems like all systems are a go and they're at least going to give this thing a chance for better or worse and we will get into all the quote-unquote real football news in just a minute. But um, I saw a post, and I kind of wanted to pitch you guys a game here. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things, you know, you're scrolling through Twitter. Uh, 90% of the things you read, you're not really going to kind of have imprinted on your brain. You're not going to really think about it. You're not going to care about it. This is something, this was part of the 10% for me. And I maybe dive, dive too much deep into it. But I want to try to sell you guys on a game here. Um, so there's a picture going around called Madden 2020 Fan Edition. Where it was basically a huge joke about how you could basically be a fan uh, with no, no one going to the games this year. Um, so I started chuckling and, and I, I started to think about this way too much. And at first you're like, oh, that'd be kind of dumb. You're just kind of sitting in the crowd cheering. But like, what if we made a game where you're actually Randy Marsh in South Park going, attending the Little League games and just getting way too drunk and beating everyone up? That is a game I would absolutely play. And like, I got way too deep into detail. 
Uh, the key here is that you get into so many drunk fights in the third quarter. You know, it's after you just chug two beers at halftime. You're really starting to feel that that rush come on. So that is right when the adrenaline gets going. I think if you could get into third quarter fights, that is a huge selling point. You know, you can get buffs. So you can be more prepared for that third quarter fight. If you attend a tailgate, which increases your drinking speed by 30%, you could get really, really intricate here about all the different parts, aspects of a tailgate, going to a football game that is more than just sitting in a, uh, you know, a, a seat. You know, you could try to be shove people out of the way in the concession stands. You could try to be beat people up because you got to use the toilet so badly. Um, and then I took it even a step farther. What if you as a fan were like the Madden 2005 graphics where it was just kind of the same four guys? I remember there was a huge announcement because they didn't have women uh, in the crowd for the longest time. Uh, they don't have concession guys. So what if you look like one of these guys who are basically one of the cardboard cutouts at MLB games? And you could upgrade your cardboard cutout based on how well you do. Example, you know, you start with this pixelated messy hair uh, in the wind. And then you upgrade to wearing a visor and all of a sudden you're bald because you finished the game without passing out by drinking too much. Tell me this would not be a relatively interesting game, at least for a week. I, uh, I like it. I, uh, I, think, I think this can go somewhere. Uh, I think what stands out to me with the whole fan edition is we need, you could get bonus points for like how you're acting on a third down, a third and long. Yep. Uh, you know, they have the, the, usually you see like, I call them dads getting hype actually. <laughs> so this is something that I can agree with you. It's when dads get hyped. It's when they show you a middle-aged old guy or a middle-aged old guy face paint, like half of his face paint and like an oversized jersey of we'll go, boss. you know, flip. Yeah, we'll go like probably like a Ricky Williams. And he's just yelling third down, slapping the, slapping the, the wall um, <laughs> to let you know that he, like, he means business right now. He, he is a lawyer from Monday through Friday by trade. But on the weekends, uh, especially in the Madden 2020 fan edition, he is a guy, he's a dad getting hype. Uh, I mean, there's a, this could go a lot of places. You could have the dad, you could have the fans doing like, you know, the best first down logo, the first down gesture after a key <laughs> first down. Um, you, you, get, you, you mentioned bonus points. You could get a combo because, you know, in the middle of before that third down starts, name the third string linebacker who has just entered the game and talk shit to him. That could be like yeah. double combo points if you know who that is. And how many high fives can you get after a touchdown? <laughs> like how many can you slap? And every time you slap it, there's the XP points pop up. Like it just says five seconds of uh, high fiving. The, uh, I think this definitely this definitely has to be a rock star collaboration too. Because, yes, I mean, it just definitely. feels like one of those open world simulation games where I mean I'm yes. all for it. And I mean I, we've all been to football games. We've all said very you know harsh things to the opposing teams. I'm all for it. I have no problem third quarter. You go to the concession line, you got to social distance. I mean, this is Madden 2021 fan edition, right? So you got to keep your distance, uh-huh. got to make sure your mask is up. You know, you chug those two beers, and then you're just going out there just berating some, you know, like you said, a father of, of this little kid that's right next to him. And you're just sitting there laying into this guy. Tell him how bad the Jets suck because, you know, he was unfortunate to root for the Jets as a young child. So I'm all for this. I mean, Madden 2021 fan edition, uh, I'll pre-order that game. And I think there's the, – I have two final bosses in mind. And I think mm. one's gonna sound a lot cooler, but in the grand one needs to of- be one needs to be the stall trying to to pee next to all those grown men next to you in this like trough. Doesn't that have to be one of those like early bosses? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're weaving through people. You know, you could try to. You could even try to go in the out. You know, like you know, there's there's the the exit and the entrance to kind of keep things going. You could try to sprint in the exit side, exit side, and, and jump into a urinal right there. There's a bunch of different risky things we can do here, and I think the final boss, like I said, I got two here. One, get on the jumbotron. I think at the end of the day that every one of these fans, all they want is to get on the jumbotron, so we can figure out that as the quote unquote final boss, or. Go onto the field and punch a opponent's opposing player who is wearing his helmet. I think those would be the two peaks of final oh, boss. I think I think a mascot would be it, kind of like Ace Ventura style. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Just go snuffle, snuffle. What's his face? Um, whoever the Dolphins mascot is, I don't even know his name. TD. TD. Achievement unlocked, bitch slap TD. You're, you're a Jet fan, you run on the field and slap TD or rip his fin off, and, and you, <laughs> you, you won the game. Does that, does that mean the Dolphin fans get a hit Fireman Ed? Does that mean we get a beat up on him? 
Oh, in the stands. He deserves it for sure. And if we're talking about like like bonuses, like attribute bonuses, one of them has to be you become invincible when you steal Fireman Head's Ed's helmet, right? That's yeah, gotta like be the, like the takeover gesture in 2K. Like you've it's just like, taken over. It's like the Sword of a Thousand Truths from the South Park episode of World of Warcraft. It's just everyone's just like, whoa, whoa this really just happened. But thank you guys for dealing. I, I don't know why. That's this... a Shark Tank idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do I'm it. In. I will offer you three hundred thousand for ten percent of your company. <laughs> I'm sold. Sold. On. I I just With don't royalties. know why this is something that I kind of just stared at for way too long and went this into detail with it. But but I'm glad you guys have have kind of understood where I was coming from here. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Already though, we do have some real football news. And and before we get, you know, just to the general football news, gotta start with the Dolphins. It's the only way we work around here. No Dolphins have opted out yet. But somebody is in the building. And one of the big reasons I wanted Chris to be on the show today is because we had a podcast together and I feel like we really hit our bread and butter. Throughout the preseason, whether it's a debate of do you want your offense to do well in these mini camps and your defense thinks or do you want the defense to do well, which means your offense thinks these stupid little conversations, these arguments that beat writers and fans get into. And the other thing Chris is really, really into is he actually sent me this in a uh, text. He is so excited for that first uh, goal line fade to Jacecki that is caught on a camera that is caught on a, um, excuse me, a, a flying a, a drone. And then it's all over social media, and we all lose our mind. So, Topher, Tua Tagovailoa entered the building. Thoughts? Uh, is his arm hurt? It looked like he had a like he had a first of all, it looked like he had a sling on his left shoulder, and it got me worried uh, because I was like, "Is this something that we don't know about?" And then I realized it was just a man purse. Uh, <laughs> he's very 2020, which makes me happy. He had his mask on, if I'm not mistaken, too. So he's definitely following protocol. Uh, another thing that got me uh, thinking about, too, is he had this noticeable limp on him. And then, I, uh, you know, of course, he had the hip injury. But I remember during the draft process, there were literally people diagnosing and watching constant <laughs> Zapruder films of Tua and his walk. And I, and I realized upon further review that it was just basically his walking style. His gait has a natural limp to it. Uh, but it won't matter the minute you, can, you see him throwing dimes to uh, – Every receiver on the field. All, for me, it's just got to be a slant pass. It's a quick slant to Devontae Parker, and I'm sold. The, the cool camera's going in slow motion. The camera's going in slow motion for, on that. It's focused on that spiral, and then you just see the 11 run through in front of the screen, catch the ball, yeah. and the ball's gone. Yeah, see, we like this is it. We know what's coming, and, and I am about to lose my mind over how excited I am because this is like – it's like when you go to the dollar store and you buy Pokemon cards knowing they're fake. You get a yeah. shit ton of cards for a dollar, but then you just kind of are like, eh, and it's I all mean. and it's all Bulbasaurs <laughs> and Pidgeot and Pidgeots and Diglett. <laughs> yeah, Diglett. Yeah, it is Butterfree. crazy because at first I think we all just like gasp and we're a little worried, and then we realize it's a fanny pack, and we're like, okay, I mean, that's kind of sick. I'd probably buy a Tua Tonga Valoa, you know, I just limited edition one. fanny pack. <laughs> but but I do agree. I mean, we sat here and we broke down, you know, his, well, it was a little pro day that he had there, and I guess it wasn't officially a pro day, but he was out there throwing with Trent Dilfer. We broke that down, you know, every little video that came out, they broke down. But the way the ball had, popped. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he definitely had a slight limp there, but I mean, to me, it just reminds me of, you know, the early WWF Attitude Era where they had the Godfather coming out and he did his pimp walk with all those ladies behind him. That's kind of what I see here with two. Where are the ladies? <laughs> What's that? Who are the, who are the ladies? We'll go with Parker and uh, Preston Williams. Those are his lady <laughs> friends. But, I mean, I'm excited, and you guys are right. As soon as that first video hits Instagram or Twitter and it's just, you know, freaking Tua coming out in shorts and he just, you know, 
buttons his chin strap or something. People are going to lose their damn oh mind. God, dude. It was when Fitzpatrick showed up, and then it had pictures of Rosen and Tua, and Fitzpatrick had to be there hours before the other two guys. And and that's kind of what Fitzpatrick is, and that's why you know, you're know you so excited to have him on your team. Is it's, He's going to be the first one in, the last one out, and you know you want to see Tua be that guy. But, I mean, first day of camp, I mean, that was just cool to see. I, I, I like Fitzpatrick, you know, just forcing everybody else to stay on top of their game. Yeah, and he was rocking a Hawaiian shirt. I don't know if that was just, you know, some little... I don't know if it's something I know. He's taunting him, actually. Yeah, he was definitely rocking something with, like, palm trees on it. Another interesting thing that I saw, and it was right before we came on here to record, Barry Jackson, uh, I don't know if he tweeted this out yesterday or if it was something from early this morning, but it said that it appears that Tua will start as soon as he looks like the better quarterback. And I sat here and I made a joke that that was probably on August 23rd when they drafted him. He probably immediately became the Dolphins' best quarterback. But you're right. You see Fitzpatrick coming in early. And whether that was, you know, it looked like it was freaking 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, it was 4.20 a.m. and Fitzpatrick's there wearing his Hawaiian shirt just waiting for the rest of the, the group to get in. So it's going to take some time, and I don't think that he's going to be the starting quarterback you know, within those first four weeks. But if what Barry Jackson's saying is true, if all it's going to take is for Tua to show a little bit more than what we're going to see from Ryan Fitzpatrick, i got to believe that's going to be pretty damn quick because, I mean, we saw Josh Rosen gave Ryan Fitzpatrick a run for his money in training camp last year and early on at the beginning of the season. So, you know, there's obviously going to be these – this growing pains and you know the offensive line needs to come together and it's just going to be a new offense and going out there and not playing preseason games getting acclimated to the regular season if it's true that two is going to be the guy as soon as he shows even the slightest bit that he's better than ryan fitzpatrick we better buckle up because the two of air is going to be here much sooner than we expect i i uh it actually does concern me that there are no preseason games uh because of the like like i i born selfishly i would love to have four weeks of watching Tua just throw against uh, Alan Hearns. Absolutely. Uh, there's that. But also just the fact that his, that he's not getting any game. He wouldn't be getting, getting, getting any game reps. Uh, and then his first, his first set of reps in a game are going to be what week four, week five, week six. Um, like that stuff kind of concerns me a little bit, just, you know, with the whole COVID thing that, uh, I'd be good if he just didn't play at all, not because of his health, but, you know, I, I'm worried that, you know, he, he's not going to have the reps that he would, that, you know, a quarterback would normally get, especially a rookie. Yeah, I wonder how well they're going to, you know, make things seem like a scrimmage environment, um, mm-hmm. you know, type, things like that. And, and even in that sense, you know, in a, in a preseason game, you can get sacked. I, I don't think they're even going to risk that. And, and maybe just, you know, getting that first hit is important for Tua. Feeling that first, you know, uh, you know hit to the ground, whatever it may be. And, and he definitely won't get that. There, there's no way to slice that. There's no way the Dolphins are going to let anybody get close to tackling him. And, and Josh, you brought up a good point about Rosen last year. And I have to say, I was I was pretty annoyed. I mean, granted, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I, I'm pretty, you know, content how everything played out in terms of Fitzpatrick coming back in. But, but I remember Flores saying... You know, Rosen's our guy the rest of the year. And it was after, what, week two, week three, or something like that. And, yeah. um, you know, and then two weeks, not even, I think a week later, it was, you know, Fitzpatrick, he's our guy again. And, and you know, there's 0% chance that happens with Tua, right? There's no way, uh, bearing some sort of injury, that Tua comes in, plays awful for two games, even though Flores said he's the guy for the rest of the year, um, that, that Fitzpatrick or even Rosen will come in and play for him bearing an injury, right? There, there's no way that's happening, right? Right. That's the way I see it. And I do think the biggest thing, the most telling thing to me in all of this, and we know how important Ryan Fitzpatrick was to the Dolphins last year. We know how important he is this year, especially with the transition in Chan Gailey's offense. But how nice is it? You know, you're sitting here and we're saying maybe he doesn't even play at all this year. You know, maybe he comes in midway through the year, earlier, later, whatever it is. Imagine being in Cincinnati's shoes, you know, sure you got Joe Burrow, that's great, but you have to start Joe Burrow, you know, some of these other teams, they have to start some of these rookies, the Dolphins are in a great position, you know, if they really wanted to redshirt Tua, Tua like uh, Tofu said, they could absolutely do that, you know, and if they came right out week one and said, you know, we're going to sit Tua Tungvaloa, you know, we'd all be a little bit upset, but we'd understand that because 2020 is going to be a shit show, whether we want to admit that now or not, and I don't think the Dolphins are truly going to compete until 2021, but again, it's just a blessing in disguise. Not only do they get this 37-year-old free agent that came in, you know, he he wasn't going to get that Teddy Bridgewater uh, assertion that he might be the quarterback of the future. Ryan Fitzpatrick does this everywhere he goes, but he is just uh, the perfect leader to transition to this new offense, and he's a great 
player to have in place because not only is he going to teach to a Tom Valoa, but he doesn't have to force the Dolphins' hand in bringing him in. But again, that was a little, a, a little bit eye-opening to me when I saw Barry Jackson say, you know, as soon as he looks like the better quarterback, because to me, I mean, you throw in the film, he, he might already look like that if they actually had those chances to go out there and, and get those reps. So a lot of uncertainty, uh, you know, a lot to unfold over these next few weeks. But again, we're just going to keep saying it. Football's back and let's get excited. Especially, you know, if you're going to, you're slated to give, two, let's, you know, for the sake of everything, if you're going to give Tua the contract a starting quarterback deserves, like, you want to get as much out of him as mathematically possible on this rookie deal. You can look at Patrick Mahomes for sure, and you could even say, like, the, the you know, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes thing could kind of be like the Fitzpatrick to Tua, but I don't think we can kind of look at each uh, scenario in the same light. I think, you know, when you once you draft a quarterback, you know, in the first round, that clock starts ticking of, is this going to be the guy we pay whatever it's going to be at the time, $100 million guaranteed, who knows what it's going to the, the cap's going to look like in four years. But you have to get as much out of them as you can. You have to understand the strengths and weaknesses and everything like that. So I think that's going to be key in getting him going this season. Uh, we did have some roster moves recently, and actually quite a bit as the Dolphins try to get down to 80 players before camp begins. It's usually 90, but because of just how, you know, 2020 is, this is, um, they're, they're going to do 80 with no preseason games. Uh, the Dolphins were awarded cornerback uh, Javaris Davis from Kansas City, um, and have waived non-football injury uh, tight end Michael Roberts. Uh, they've also placed a few players on the COVID-19 list, uh, long snapper Blake Ferguson, defensive tackle Benito Jones, and cornerback Cordrea Tankersley. Um, before we get to Davis, who I think is kind of an interesting story in itself, uh, being on that COVID list, I know a lot of the time it's going to kind of just be, you know, it hap- you don't know how it happened, it's tough, it's a situation, you just kind of deal with it. But this early in the season, this could cause Tankersley his job. You know, in the sense of, of making a stick with the Miami Dolphins, because I was on the Fanatics podcast uh, last week. And one of the things I said is this 80 man roster isn't necessarily going to hurt the undrafted guys and the late round picks the Dolphins are bringing in this season because, you know, you always try to chalk it up like, yeah, the seventh rounder is probably going to get cut. You know, it was a flyer, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we, we know how much Dolphin fans love Malcolm Perry. So I know that isn't the greatest example. But the guys who are in jeopardy are the quote unquote projects the Dolphins have who who have been here for a year, we've seen them in playing time, and they're kind of just holding on, waiting for them to establish themselves. They're going to take the unknowns of the drafted free agents. This guy, not only are they younger, but the ceiling might be higher. And so these guys, this is a bit of a concern. I mean, it is a tough, tough season for players top to bottom. Not only are you trying to play during a pandemic, but, you know, 10 less roster spots. Obviously, that's less film than you can send out to other teams, to the Canadian Football League, everything like that. But you might not even get a chance to defend your spot. The coaches might just decide, we want these guys. We saw them more recently, yada, yada, yada. It is a a very tough system for players, especially, you know, player 25 to 80 on that roster. It's going to be absolute dogfights. But back to to Davis here. I thought he was interesting because Cousins with Devontae Davis— uh, Dolphins wanted him as an undrafted free agent, but he chose KC. Um, just like Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan were the two linebackers at Ohio State, Davis and Igbenogany, Noah, the Dolphins' first-round pick at pick 31, were Auburn's two cornerbacks. I thought it was pretty interesting, too. Josh, when you kind of saw this stuff unfold, we'll get to the guys who are waived in a second. What are you starting to feel in terms of you know the reserve COVID list? If, if you want to talk about Davis here, choose your own adventure. Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest thing we have to realize is this is going to be the way the 2020 season is played. You know, we're going to get into some of these players that are opting out. That's a whole nother situation that teams are going to have to deal with this season. But a COVID-19 reserve list, I mean, it's inevitable to see some of these guys end up on there right now. Again, could be a little surprising, but as this list is defined by the Dolphins, this new reserve list category was created for a player either test positive for COVID-19 or has been quarantined after having been in close contact with an infected person or persons. So this doesn't necessarily mean that these players, Cordrea Tankersley, Ferguson, uh, you know, if those guys truly have COVID-19, but they could have been in close contact with someone that did. And I also forgot to mention Benito Jones, who was also on that list. I mean, that was a guy who I believed was one of those undrafted free agent guys that the Dolphins signed that could make a move on the roster. So it's a bit surprising, you know, that might dampen his chances, like you said. Cordrea Tankersley, when you heard that name, I mean, some people even forget he's even still in the Dolphins roster. They just claimed a cornerback. You don't know how much, you know, like you said, they might be 
more accustomed or more happy seeing what Javarius Davis can do, a guy who's Vontae Davis' cousin, a guy who's played with Igbenogany. I keep telling the story about how it was a Barry Jackson article where Brian Flores tried to install his defense with that Auburn, some of those young Auburn players, and you got to kind of think that this has a reason to be, you know, why they drafted Igbenogany, why they claimed Davis, or why they were so hardcore in getting him after the draft. Now they claim him. I mean, he's clearly a player they like. The Michael Roberts news, I mean, that wasn't something that was a real big surprise. I'm a little upset that a few months ago they made me go out there and put together a highlight reel of his three touchdown catches, I think it was. So that was a complete (laughs) waste, but it all was because, you know, they made that trade for tight end Adam uh, Shaheen, and I'll let you guys talk about him. Or, or tell me what you think about some of these roster moves. But as soon as the Dolphins made that trade for a former second-round pick, it kind of seemed like the writing was on the wall for a Michael Roberts. And even Durham Smythe, you know, he has to step his game up now. So none of these moves are truly surprising, but I don't think that this is the end of it by any means. Yeah, I think the rosters are going to keep churning because, like like Jake, you said, the, you know, COVID is going to make everything even more complicated and complex. Uh, you know, you're going to have players who, you know, aren't going to have that film. And, and, and if the coach likes the player just because he likes them, he's coachable, he'd probably take them. Uh, you know, and I, that, I mean, that's kind of like how I, I, you know, feel about the whole, you know, these bottom of the moves that it's just going to keep happening. Uh, you know, once camp starts, players are going to get cut. They're going to keep bringing in some. Wait till, like, wait till a player tests positive, And then, you know, they got to figure out what to do after that because what if multiple players test positive? And two, with this, um, I do want to mention the Dolphins have started cutting players. Um, they waived Trent Harris, Avery Moss, Ricardo Lewis, and Jake Rudock. Um, they also waived defensive tackle Ray Lima, who was the only first-year player to be ra- uh, waived excuse me, this far. And it was by his choice. He decided he did not want to play football. He wanted to do something else with his life. I thought it was interesting Flores called him and tried to convince him to stay. But um, what we see here is... These are all second-year players outside of Lima. So that kind of, you know, I kind of, you know, put the feather in my hat about the guys that are going to lose their jobs first. And, you know, this is, again, the hardest time of the season. This is all these guys' dream is to go out there and play on a football field. They're going to, I think they're going to give the undrafted guys in the late-round picks more time, more, you know, wiggle room than some of these second-year guys they saw a little bit out there. I think that's kind of the... Kind of the point here. You, you mentioned Sheehan coming in. I think he had three career touchdowns, and I agree with Topher on this one, where it's it's just you know to see if a different place will really do anything for him. I do think it's kind of an uphill battle for him to even make the roster. I think I think Smite and Jasaki will end up being the one-two punch again. I I think the only thing I think of when I see Smythe is uh, sweaty gloves. Yep. That's my only last. That's my lasting <laughs> memory of uh, of Durham Smythe is sweaty gloves. Oh yeah, there was a there's a report. I think it was his rookie year that he would, was sweating through two pairs of gloves um, every practice, and that to me sounded absolutely bananas. But I guess that's just the way it is. Uh, Josh, any any last minute thoughts before we move on here? Uh, players are going to start opting out. We're seeing it already now with multiple NFL teams, but none bigger than the New England Patriots. Six players have now opted out this season: Dante Hightower, Marcus Cannon, a couple others to name a few: Brandon Bolden. Uh, fullback Danny Vitell and reserve offensive lineman Najee Turan have all opted out. A lot of people are sitting here making jokes. Patrick Chung also opted out recently. Uh, so there are the Patriots players that opted out. A lot of people are making jokes, and I'm going to let uh, Jake on his soapbox here with this because he seems a little bit upset in this write-up that he did. But they're not. I, I don't believe the Patriots are doing this to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I know that's going to be the kind of what their the talking points are, you know, on national media, you turn on NFL Network, ESPN, whatever it might be. Some might think that they're going out there and willingly losing games in the 2020 season, which, again, is very uh, it's very uncertain. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in 2020. So do you think Bill Belichick is, you know, playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers, and is he doing this, telling these players, you know, if you'd rather opt out for your family or your own personal issues, go for it, which – all 32 NFL teams should be doing. Let's be completely honest. But do you think any of this is to truly lose games to get Trevor Lawrence? You laughing while you were saying that kind of just summed it up for me. I am so, so tired of everybody complaining. Why are the Patriots always loved by the national media? It's because everyone's saying dumb stuff like this, right? Oh, my God. The doll, the, the Patriots went 11-5 and five without Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time. They didn't tank that year. Give me a break. I like 
I, I don't know what to say other than just give me a break. You're telling me that everybody for the last two months has still said the Patriots are the favorite in the East. Yes, you can make the case of the Bills. Who cares? The Patriots are the kings of the East until proven otherwise. And if you think a middle linebacker, a right tackle, and a safety is tanking, like, this, 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 like think, people. Think about what you're saying here. Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time, wants to prove that he can win without Tom Brady. He did that in 2008. Two, you know, just because things don't work out doesn't mean players didn't want to be together. You know, you think about the show Dave on XFXXXXX. Dave, Lil Dicky, wanted to stay with his girlfriend. But because of situations about being a rapper, it just didn't work out. Things that Tom Brady wanted to remain a Patriot, but because things didn't work out, they're on separate teams. All of a sudden, it is going to be an arms race between the Patriots and Tom Brady who wins more. And there ain't no argument of, well, Belichick had to tank for Trevor Lawrence and then he was good again. That is just not going to happen. There is a 0.0% this is going to happen. And it's just unbearable how every little thing that happens regarding the Patriots, everyone tries to get this five brain, like this huge idea of it's this huge scheme. Give me a break, man. Give me an absolute break. Instead, something I think worth talking about. Actually, yeah, you know, I'll I'll just bring this out and, and, you know, you guys could call me an idiot, whatever it may be. But that is my mindset. People need to stop coming out of the woodwork complaining about this stuff because you sound clueless. This is a pandemic. People are allowed to back out. Oh, no, Brandon Bolden's gone. The Patriots are tanking. Give me a break. However, I think it would have been interesting to see if the Patriots would have kept Van Noy knowing this was a potential outcome. I'll leave it at that. I, uh, to end your point, Jake, I think that what got me was this tweet that Adam Schefter uh, had. He posted an ex- actual, actual text exchange with an NFL executive today after a six-Patriot opted out. Him, you know Bill is masterminding all of this somehow. Adam Schefter says, for what reason? The, the executive said, I don't know. That's why he is who he is. Jesus, Albert Hayes, like, there's such a long list of people who go to New England and don't work out. And we don't talk about that. We just think of, well, I mean, Randy, Randy Moss, that, that, that worked out pretty well for him. You know, I mean, everything's been Randy Moss ever since. Give me, a, give me a break. Give me a break. There's a pandemic. These people don't want to risk their lives. They're millionaires. Simple as that. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be going out working if I was making five million dollars a year. I take. Yeah, I'll take a year off. Oh, I just had a kid. And you know, I want to hang out with my parents. Don't you get a stipend too? Don't you get you like guys... a little stipend as well? Oh my God, no! But this is Bill Belichick. Tell, you give me a break. Give me a freaking break. It's uh, it's sick. Just like uh, Patriots took Barrows there, the, the Miami Hurricane slot receiver. Whoop! That's how many times have fans been like, that's the next next Wes Welker. For the last 10 years. Yes, they have Julian Edelman. But how many other times have you heard that? Because it's a broken record. It's been every, a lot. Every white wide receiver they bring in, that's a gym rat. Everyone always compares to Wes Welker. Um, I, I will say this. I, I would absolutely hate and despise seeing Trevor Lawrence in New England. I mean, I know that that's really not what this conversation's about. I don't think that any of these players opting out, like you said, is any grand scheme that Bill Belichick's masterminding everything and has this ultimate plan. Uh, but I will say this, if Trevor Lawrence ends up in New England, however that happens, that would be complete and utter hell, and nobody wants to witness that. Although Tua versus Lawrence for, you know, the next decade would be pretty cool. Hey, listen, but... that's Monday Night Football games for the next 10 years. I'll take it. If, if, if you're painting the picture like you just did where where it's the Dolphins and Patriots clashing as the two best teams in the AFC, for, yeah, 100%. If, if Lawrence needs to go to New England in order to make this whole thing happen, let's say for this crazy scenario where... Tua is only good if Trevor Lawrence is in New England. Sign me up. I'm 100% in. Otherwise, keep him as far away from me, Western or New England, Massachusetts, Foxborough. Keep Trevor Lawrence yeah. away as far, as far as possible. I think we might. Uh, we're going to talk about now the Jets trade of Jamal Adams, and I was just getting ready to say maybe we should be more worried about the Jets right now and getting Trevor Lawrence because you know they have a slew of of draft capital to make that happen, but. If it comes down to if I need to have Trevor Lawrence on the Patriots or to in order for Tua to be good, yeah, I'm with you guys. Sign me the sign me the hell up. 
<laughs> of course, that's not how it actually works, but for the sake of this, this type of... If we're going to say that people opting out of the season because of Corona is Bill Belichick's way of tanking for Trevor Lawrence, our scenario is not any more crazy than that. So, so we're just nope. going to ride with it. Yeah, and let's just be honest. I mean, I respect all those players. I mean, if like you said, if we were out there, you know, despite the stipend, if you had young kids or, you know, your relatives or mom, dad, whatever it is, is suspectable to some of these things. I mean, you're absolutely going to sit this season out. So I have all but respect for those players. Do you think that we'll have Dolphin players sit out? I was, I'm going to assume so. I think, I I think, yeah, I think you have to. And I I don't think we're going to wait till, I don't think we're going to have to wait till August 3rd to get um, 90% of them or whatever it may be. I think we're going to hear a lot of these. I think a lot of these players, the second, you know, they were talking about the season already made up their minds. So I'm not sure how, um, how often we're going to, uh, or how long we're going to have to wait. I think it's going to be mostly this week before the weekend that we'll start to hear what players are opting out. I'm sure Dolphins will, especially with how, how Florida's struggling a little bit. Um, things like that. So, so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think there will be some. Um, sticking in the AFC East, Jamal Adams was officially traded, and I've told you guys this uh, plenty of times. I hope Adam Gase is the coach of the New York Jets for the next ten years. I really do because Lifetime they are so long term tenure. Give them that John Gruden contract. Uh, you don't really. Uh, the Seahawks are rebuilding their Legion of Boom by trading two first round picks, and I believe there was a third and a fourth exchange somewhere in there uh, for someone like Jamal Adams. I just love the Jets as being a Dolphin fan because I have asked you guys, you know, this is the. They see as a make or break year for Gates. You know, all of a sudden, did he just buy himself more time in New York? Because, I mean, if you go six and 10. But, you know, Darnold improves a little bit. And you got those draft picks. Is that enough to save his job if the uh, Jets go 6-10? and 10? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, he's clearly in the, you know, process of, you know, he already drove out one of his best players. Uh, you know, and he's going to have a history. Like, he has a history of just being a bad coach slash overseer of football. Uh, you know, I'd give, him, I'd give him this year and the next year is his last year. No matter what, uh, he hasn't proven that he's a good coach. Hey, he yeah, coached Peyton Manning. He, yeah, he coached Peyton Manning and sat next to him and like held his clipboard. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with both of you. I would love for him to be the New York Jets head coach for many years. I think that they probably had buyer's remorse to the moment that they uh, inked that contract. And he was making those crazy eyes during his press conference. I mean, it has been an absolute nightmare, but it's been lovely to see as a Dolphins fan because. Like you said, they just traded away probably the best strong safety in football, Jamal Adams. He's 24 years old, 273 tackles, 12 sacks, and only two interceptions throughout his career. I uh, kind of, you know, my eyes kind of opened up wide when I saw those two interceptions. And then it reminded me, Byron Jones only has two interceptions. That was one of his biggest faults when, you know, the Dolphins gave him this huge contract or he was just a free agent. You know, fans from other teams were are going out there and, you know, is he really worth all that money? He doesn't make enough plays. I mean... They're interceptions. He doesn't get those interceptions because quarterbacks are not testing him. So Jamal Adams loved the trade, honestly, for both sides. I think Seattle, like you said, they're rebuilding that Legion of Boom. Now you have one of the best young, strong safeties, probably the best young, strong safety in football. The Jets now have two first-round picks. The biggest thing and uh, Dolphin fans immediately wanted to do was compare the Minka Fitzpatrick trade to this Jamal Adams trade. And I'm just going to go out there and say, you know, when Minka Fitzpatrick was traded, Yes, he didn't get along with the Dolphins coaching staff, the front office, whatever it is, but he wasn't that elite player that he was at the end of the year. And I said it the moment he was drafted, I said at some point, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be the best defensive back on the Miami Dolphins, and that includes Xavier Howard. I still have no doubt in my mind that Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be that elite talent that many believe he is. But if he got traded, you know, this offseason, like Jamal Adams did in comparison to last offseason, I think the Dolphins will be looking at a haul much closer to those two first-round picks. But, you know, this is apples to oranges. One plays strong safety, One's a free safety. However you want to unfold this, though, those are two of the best young safeties in football. Hell of a deal for the Seahawks. Hell of a haul for the Jets. I'm just glad he's no longer the Miami Dolphins problem because now they can go out there and attack that secondary, score lots of touchdowns. As a, as a Madden player, hold on, real quick, Jake. As a Madden player, I am pumped that he is traded from the Jets. I play with the Dolphins, and I am tired of dealing with Jamal Adams and Madden. Uh, I can't <laughs> throw my passes to Jacecki anymore. 
I mean, now I can because otherwise, Jamal Adams would be right there ruining the place, just ruining everything, getting interceptions, knocking fumbles. So good riddance. Go to Seattle on your rookie contract. Get out of my life. And, uh, you know, I want to compare it more to the Laramie Tunsil trade. Just for the sake of, you know, two first-round picks involved, there are a couple vets involved, that type of thing. And the one gripe with, you know, trading an elite talent like this, yes, you know, you get two guys on the rookie deals, but there's an old family guy line, and it it sticks for me for things like this. Uh, Peter gets to choose uh, between two grand prizes, a boat or a mystery item. And Peter goes, I want the mystery item. It could even be a boat. You know, and that's kind of the issue with trading away players is is what the Dolphins are, you know, kind of dealing with Laramie Tunsil and Austin Jackson, right? That, did I, who, is that the name of their left, left tackle? Help me out here, guys. Yes. You okay. said Austin Jackson? Yeah. For some reason, I instantly clicked to the Detroit Tigers center fielder from like 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but, um, you know... The do- there's stories coming out as early as I think yesterday about, you know, PFF, how, you know, Jackson didn't fare well against some of the top edge rushers in the draft this year, yada, yada, that type of thing. So the Dolphins did kind of take a step back. Yes, you have that other first round pick. Uh, but there's that kind of concern of, hey, you know, there's a reason this player was worth two first round picks and you kind of try to make that work. Dolphins, I get it. Jets, I get it. But I always think that's an interesting concept to bring up when you're trying to trade away a player who who's about to enter their the peak of their prime for uh, two picks. Um, football, this is a really interesting story. Uh, there's a lot of jargon in it, so I'm going to kind of cut through it a little bit, but it's from footballperspective.com. Uh, there have been eight trades involving two first-round picks and a player in the 21st century, and the Dolphins have honestly been, been part of two of them so far. Um, Cleo Mack, Laramie Tunsil, Ricky Williams, Jay Cutler, Jalen Ramsey, Keyshawn Johnson, Joey Galloway, and, you know, I didn't mention Jamal Adams there. I wanted to read you guys the, the Houston blurb here. Um, let me see, you know, basically, long story short, they don't know if this is a good pick yet because Julian Davenport was kind of eh. The Houston Texans pick last year was mid-20s, not great return the Dolphins are kind of hoping this pick to be a little higher if that pick is top 10 top 15 this year it is a huge steal for the Dolphins but it's just interesting to kind of look at how these trades develop uh what side wins I think when you look at that Khalil Mack trade I think um the the Bears aren't the winners in that one I think Oakland is as most certainly won that trade uh you could say the Dolphins won the Ricky Williams trade until he retired that type of thing. I think the Jay Cutler trade netted, netted the Broncos, um, Eric Decker and Demarius Thomas. I mean, the you mean the Peyton Manning best offense of all time. So these trades can really change the entire landscape of football, and it's going to be interesting to see because uh, at the end of the day, the Noah pick at thirty-one, um, where the Dolphins traded with the Packers, was basically the pick for um, Laramie Tunsil in that sense. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really weird to see this stuff play out. But, I mean, like you guys said, having one less elite talent in the AFC East is never a bad thing. Yeah, going back to your trade with, you know, the first-round picks, I think when we found out that Tunsil was being traded, we kind of had the assumption that it wasn't going to be a high pick. Uh, and we were kind of banking on the hopes of if, well, if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, then it could be a big, then it could be a high pick. But to me, the, the pick that we were all ex- really excited about as a high pick would be the Pittsburgh trade with Minka. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, like, like that, I was already assumed like if that was all right. The, you know, if we get Minka, if we trade Minka, then yes, we'll have a high pick. But that Texas pick, I've, I've always looked at it as, as like an asset to possibly trade up or trade down. Right, um, right. And, you know, that, I mean, that's how I, I've always viewed that trade. And I think it might be interesting, too, to see, um, you know, the, like the Minka trade, for instance. Uh, before that, we could have made the argument the, or the, the Steelers were trying to, you know, get the best pick possible, right? I mean, not necessarily tanking, but, I mean, their quarterback situation was brutal. Their defense was decent, right? But Minka Fitzpatrick took them to that next level. So I, I think that's an interesting aspect, too, where you're traded, they, you know, traded him to Pittsburgh because they felt like they could get the most return from him. However, you just made the team two times better by giving them Minka Fitzpatrick. So all of a sudden, that pick's not going to be nearly as good. 
you know, because he's going to he turned it on for the end of the season. He was a great player. And I mean, it is what it is. But I, I think that's an interesting thing where you're kind of slated like, yeah, this is going to be a top 15 pick. And if it was a top 15 pick, all of a sudden the Dolphins could have had one of those top four left tackles. You know, that would have changed everything, you would think. But again, I'm not, you know, saying Austin Jackson would be bad or anything, but there's more question marks with him compared to one of those four guys that the Dolphins could have gotten if that Pittsburgh, you know, they lost two, maybe three more games. Yeah, and the biggest thing here that we keep forgetting is when you trade for one of these elite young players, you eventually got to pay them primo dollar. You know, we saw Larry Tunsil right. set the market. Jamal Adams is likely going to do that there. I'm just going to throw this out here, and people are probably going to hate me when I say this, but based on what has happened so far, you know, the Austin Jackson pick, the Dolphins trade down, they got Igbenogany, you know, the list goes on and on. I would much rather, honestly, and I'm setting aside the dollars, I'd much rather have Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick still. Would either of you disagree with that? Right now, on the current team, I would right now, and that's And that's without Houston's first this year. So, I mean, obviously we're going to get another elite player, at least a first-round talent, but... I mean, again, you got to pay them both huge monsters contracts, but you can't tell me that secondary right now will not look beautiful with Minka Fitzpatrick playing free safety. Again, we know the issues why he's not here. And Laramie Tunsil, again, you can't pass that haul up, but now you have that elite left tackle. You know, it's solidified. Again, we don't know what Austin Jackson is, but to me, I mean, I'd much rather be in that situation with Minka and Tunsil. And again, I know why that isn't where we're at, but I mean, that would be hard to pass up just thinking about it. Short term, you're 100% right. There is no doubt in my mind for the 2020 season, if I wanted the Dolphins to play well, I would most certainly rather have Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil. But I think I, I, I think we can't really look at it in that light because there are other picks involved. And uh, they got two firsts next year, two seconds next year, I believe, as well, where, you know, they, they could have an entire team that, that, who knows, is better than Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick. Again, that is a high, high ceiling, and it's very, very unlikely, but it is most certainly in the realm of possibilities. And, you know, maybe they wanted to pay a cornerback instead of a left tackle. I, 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 don't, I don't know. But you're, you're, you're right. You're right. For the 2020 season, you'd most certainly rather have those two guys. Yeah, and you're also right. It goes back to what you said earlier about how the Dolphins, you know, they might not keep some of these second-year pros. They might rather see what an undrafted guy can do because – you know, they still have time to groom and be and hit that potential. The Dolphins brought in Austin Jackson, no Igbenogany. I believe they're both 20, 21-year-old prospects, you know, so you're giving that up for a Laramie Tunsil who's, what, 26? He's he's getting down there, and you just got to kind of see when that window is, and you're right. They made these trades knowing that they weren't going to compete last year. They're not going to compete this year, as, as hurt as many people might be hearing that, but it's about the long-term process, so, I mean, tw- I, I, yeah, I agree with what you say. <laughs> and two like the thing the reason why i brought up most of these two first round pick trades is because either you you can be on either side of these and and walk away a winner you know the dolphins just because what they got you know what they did for laramie tunsil doesn't mean that you know it's going to all pan out for them you know the mystery prize could be that boat it could be a two dollar bill you know, it could be something in the middle there, which is a little concerning. But, you know, that's why we have trust in guys like Greer and Flores to really try to put it together. And who, who knows? I mean, you, you know, we, we saw the haul for Tunsil in, in three years. We could be wishing we didn't do any of it and we just paid Tunsil. Maybe we signed him a year earlier. I mean, once you trade two first round picks for a guy, you're giving him whatever he wants as well in terms of money. Like that is just there's no way because you're not letting him walk after trading two first round picks. Right. So I think that is kind of. A concern uh but but you know it is what it is and and i i you know playing austin jackson's looking pretty good by the end of the year no like as well and, and the dolphins in general Topher, i mean when you kind of look at these two pick for player trades it, there's always that off the cuff reaction that a team one team wanted or lost it but i mean it is really about both sides executing from that point out i don't think this is something that can be defined day one yeah, it's going to take time, especially with the, the guys that the Dolphins drafted. Like, are we, you know, assuming that Jackson's going to start right away? Probably not. Uh, he's going to get reps, and then if someone gets hurt, he's going to jump in and fill that void. Uh, you know, and same with, uh, with the cornerback that they drafted at the, at the end of the first round. Uh, I look at that like special, like special teams and, and DB depth for the defense when they go four or five DBs. Uh, we will know the pick if the pick worked out, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. I think that's what we're really looking forward to this year. Um, 
I have to say I was a little concerned when the the Miami Marlins thing uh, thing happened because NFL and the MLB are the only two sports that aren't doing a quote unquote bubble. Um, and you know I wonder if they could have, but then you know rosters are so big, and then all the assistants. Yeah, it it'd be very very tough to do. But I mean, after hearing that the initial test from the Philly players, uh, they aren't positive. That that kind of makes me feel a bit better that this pos- this could happen. But man, it's it's going to be a tough year, but it's football nonetheless, and and I'm excited to be here chatting about it. Yeah, same here, Ben. I'm con- I am concerned. Uh, you know, I mean, they're not traveling as much because they're only traveling once a week. It's just all predicated on everyone who's involved staying in a bubble and and not increasing your risk to exposure. Like that's it, uh, because all it takes is one guy. As we as we've seen, one person. The, the Vikings uh, head was infectious disease expert for the Vikings got it. Uh, and he's the leader in it, you know, trying to make sure that everything is safe for the Vikings. So it's just it's, everyone's got to be on their game and, and do the right thing and just be smart and vigilant and it'll work out. Wear your masks. Yeah. We'll have some football this year. Uh, you know, I, I forgot to hit it at the top, but, but please follow us on Twitter. Keep the conversation going with us. We love to chat about dolphins. That's obviously why we do it so much. Topher, author of Bro, This is a Banger, uh, can be found at at Cochran108. How it's a simple at H-O-U-T-Z. I'm Mental 31 before, before you go, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. It helps us all so, so much. Uh, and gentlemen, we got, we got football on the horizon. Rookies are reporting. Quarterbacks are reporting. And... Before you know it, we'll be debating about who's looking better, the offense or the defense. It was great chatting with you both. I'm excited to keep the football season going. And uh, most importantly here, gentlemen, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number Cause we're the Miami